Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Well, I'm excited to get back into the message series that we kicked off on the first Sunday of January. Last Sunday, we were so thrilled to have Pastor Denny Duran here, and then he came with such an incredible message. And, and, uh, but I want to jump right back in to that series of messages that we started on the first weekend. We're calling it fitness resort. Now, I, I want to give definition to those two terms. When I'm talking to you this month about fitness, I want to make sure you understand that what we're talking about is really health. We're talking about wholeness, wellness, soundness. And a lot of people only attribute that to their physical well-being. Certainly that's part of it. But listen, it goes beyond that. How many know God wants us well in every way? He wants us relationally healthy. He wants us financially healthy. Most of all, he wants us spiritually sound, right? And so that's what I'm talking about when I talk about fitness. And then, and then the term resort can actually be defined a couple of different ways. And this series really incorporates both of those meanings into what we're trying to get across. So a resort can obviously be a destination. It can be a place that you're going. So you know what I'm saying. There, there's all kind of ski resorts and beach resorts. And, uh, you know, there's amusement park resorts that I think all of us have been to one or more, you know, in our lifetime. So it can be a destination, but the term resort can also describe a decision. Unfortunately, many times when it's used in that context, it's, it's used after procrastination has taken place. And all of a sudden, things are beginning to unravel, and so people begin to talk about last resorts. What we're saying to you in this series is we're saying fitness should never be a last resort. It, be, it should be something that we prioritize, something we've kind of got on the top shelf and that we really, really are intentional about and that we're trusting God for and we're taking the measures we need to take to make it necessary to know that, that health, that wholeness and wellness and soundness that God does want for each and every one of us in every way. Uh, as it relates to our physical health and, and our well-being, uh, my old friend Boudreaux, uh, not long ago, had gone to his physician, and he was a little bit concerned about his health, and so they ran all kind of tests, and the doctor told him, he said, Boudreaux, you look good. Everything looks great, except for one thing. He said, what's that, doc? He said, you need to lose some weight, and he said, I'm going to advise you on an easy way that you can lose some weight. Here's what you need to do. He said, over the next 30 days, he said, just skip a meal a day. If you'll just skip a meal a day, I think within 30 days you come back here, you will have dr dropped a, a significant amount of weight and uh, will be on your way to getting healthier along those lines. Well, did you know that's exactly what happened? 30 days later, he got back to his doctor's office. He had lost 20 pounds in 30 days and his doctor congratulated him. He said, Boudreaux, you're, you're doing good. I'm so proud of you. He said, how do you feel? Boudreaux said, well, actually, I'm really sore. Just sore all over. And the doctor said, well, that's strange. You're sore just because you're dieting? He said, no, it's all that skipping. Come on, he was skipping one meal. A hey, I'm trying here, people. I am, I'm not T-Frog. Come on, y'all. Just doing my best. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Today, I, I wanna really drive this point home that we don't need to make fitness in our life some last resort, something that we 
you know, kind of take into consideration out of desperation. But we ought to really, again, treat it as a top shelf priority in our life. Someone might say, well, Jeff, why would we do that? Why would we prioritize fitness that way? And here's my answer for you today. Because God does. God prioritizes your well-being. And that is evident throughout scripture that God has our best in mind, that God wants every one of us whole. He wants us well. He wants us sound. He wants us strong. He wants us doing good. Third John verse two there in the New Testament puts it this way. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. One translation puts it this way. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What's God saying there? He's saying he treats your health as a top shelf priority. He says, I want you doing really well spiritually, but right along with spiritual well-being, I want you to be physically fit. I want you to be financially sound. Somebody say, thank God. Again, Why should we prioritize our health and our well-being? Because God does. In fact, your physical health, the soundness of your body, meant so much to God that he actually stepped in and made a way for us to appropriate healing for our bodies when our bodies break down. In fact, on the same day that Jesus provided salvation for us, Redemption for us. On the same day that, that he made a way for us to get right with God and spend eternity with our creator, he also provided healing for our bodies. God knew that we live in a fallen world where sickness and disease exist and that sometimes that sickness and that disease will affect us as his children. And so your health, your well-being meant so much to him that he actually provided a means by which you could appropriate healing for your body in times of sickness and disease. Listen to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse five, where the prophet is actually predicting a coming Messiah, who we know was Jesus, and how that Messiah would save people that were lost and uh, and in sin, and how that same Messiah would heal those people. Listen to what he says. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Your healing and wholeness and wellness and soundness meant so much to God. He actually allowed his son to be brutalized and beaten so that through those stripes, we could access healing for our bodies. Come on, we ought to just stop for just a moment and thank him for doing that for us. Come on, thank him for making a way that we can appropriate that healing in our time of need. Many of you that have been here for years with us, you kind of know my story and you know that about 15 years ago, we became a little concerned with, with my health. And so my wife asked me to go uh, to see a physician and just get a checkup and see how I was doing. And I, I was so fortunate and so blessed that after all the tests were run, my doctor came back in the room and said, hey, Jeff, everything looks good. All your levels are fine. He said, there's just one problem. This is starting to sound like Boudreaux's story, isn't it? 
He said, there's just one problem. I said, what's that, doctor? He said, you're 40 pounds overweight. And here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you as you leave today to set an appointment for the same time next year. And I wanna see you again. And when I see you next year, I want you to be 40 pounds lighter. Well, by the grace of God, I took that serious and I really took the measures necessary. And when I got back to him a year later, I had dropped that 40 pounds and I've kept that 40 pounds off for 15 years now by the grace of God. And I want you to do the same. I want, I want you to begin to see it as a top shelf priority in your own life. You know, the Bible said, give honor to whom honors do. And I just wanna give a big shout out to Pastor Bud and his wife, Yo. They've been on a health journey over the last three months. Bud has lost 45 pounds, y'all, and is serious about getting healthy, and I'm so proud of him. Again, I wanna see all of us really treat this as that top shelf priority in our life because we know God does, and if God does, then we should as well. So let me talk to you real quickly today about five health decisions to help you to achieve fitness. Now remember, uh, 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 a, a, a resort is a place that you, you end up at. It's a, a destination that you arrive at, but it's also a decision. And the fact is the decisions we make today is gonna determine the destination we arrive at as it relates to our fitness and our well-being. So let's make some decisions together. And I wanna give you five health decisions today. This isn't rocket science. It's not something you're even unaware of. But what I wanna hope to do today is I wanna help you connect the dots between what we think we know as just kind of practical, conventional wisdom. And what I wanna show you is that it's actually what the word of God and the will of God reveals. These are things that I'm gonna give you today that come straight from the Bible. So it reveals to us what God's will is for us. The first health decision I wanna see you make that'll help you to arrive in that place of fitness and wholeness and soundness is number one, eat right. Now here we are in South Louisiana. And look, look, let's be honest with ourselves today. Not everything we love and enjoy down here is really that good for us, right? And look, I'm not telling you that you can't enjoy a good link of boudin every once in a while. But if you start every morning off with that and crackling, it's not gonna go well with you. So what we've gotta do is make our rhythms, make our regular routine reflect this top shelf priority to stay fit, to stay healthy, and make sure that our diet is right. We need to eat right. Listen to Genesis chapter one, verse 29. God says, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit and you shall have them for food. What's he describing here? Vegetables and fruits that are so good for us, so healthy. They have all the nutrients and all of the, uh, the things that our body really needs, the vitamins that our body needs in order to function at, at that optimal health. Now, a little bit later on, he does make lean meats, uh, uh, okay for our diets, but he, he's showing us here that we need to be selective and intentional about what we put in our bodies. Really and truly, what we need to see is we need to see food as fuel. We need to see it as fuel. Instead of it being all about your envie and what you've got a taste for, it needs to be about what's gonna help your body function in an optimal 
in an optimal way. Now, what I wanna do is, is I wanna share some statistics with you right now that I think will be eye-opening for us all. And hopefully, it's going to alert us to the need to kind of stop and consider, okay, what am I fueling my body with? What am I putting in my body? Did you know that 50% of Americans, that's one out of every two people in this room, According to the statistics, 50% of Americans are at risk of developing high blood pressure. And again, so much of that is because of what we eat, because of our diet. 37% of Americans, so a third of us, one out of three of us in this room, have cardiovascular disease of some, uh, of some form. 34%, again, a third of us, have hypertension that can lead to strokes. of our population will have cancer in their lifetime. And so much of this hinges on the dietary choices that we're making and what we're putting in our bodies. Now we're in uh, a campaign right now, prayer campaign, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, uh, you know, we every year place an emphasis on this. And many of you have been fasting in different ways to really just go after God and, and see God move in your life in different ways. And I, I really commend you for that. But isn't it interesting how over the last few years, what once was only thought of as a spiritual practice, fasting, the medical community has embraced and now are lauding the benefits of regularly fasting, intermittent fasting, that can help you in so many different ways. It can detoxify your body. It can help your metabolism to increase, which is always good for you. And so fasting now is like this health measure. And and I've heard it say, and I I know you've probably heard it say, that you are what you eat. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? You are what you eat. And if that's true, and I believe that it is, as I look across this congregation, if I'm gonna be honest, I see some deep fried Twinkies. As I look across the audience, I see some stuffed pork loins. Nobody point to anybody else now. Listen, I see some boudin. I see a whole lot of king cake right now. If we are what we eat, as I look across this audience, and what I really am getting to today is I want you to see that nutrition, nutrition is really a stewardship issue. Why would you say that, Jeff? Because our bodies are not our own. We belong to God. I could use a better amen. Our bodies are not our own. Our bodies belong to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 said, don't you realize your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. So many of us think of, of this room, this structure as God's house. And I, I appreciate your revere for this place where we meet for our holy times of worshiping God together. I, I have great affinity for this place. And the truth is, like me, if you saw somebody trashing this building out and if they brought all kind of garbage and, 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 and stuff and just started spreading it out over the room, boy, it would make you mad, wouldn't it? And, and we'd try to stop them. We never stopped to consider that much more than this building, here's the real temple of God. And yet we're the ones bringing the trash bringing the garbage into that temple, that sacred place, that that place that God said is his temple that he dwells in through the selection that we're making dietarily. And we just need to quit trashing the church. Amen, y'all? Number two, let me give you a second decision to make so we can arrive at that destination of fitness and wholeness along uh, along with eating right. Number two, I wanna 
uh, encourage you to begin to exercise. We need to move. We need to get out there and we need to get our heart rate up at least three, four times a week. We need to have some form of exercise that sustaining over a 45 minute period or so, your heart rate is getting up so you can keep all those arteries clear. And, and we need to, to do some weight training to keep our, our muscles strong. And, and, and here's what the Bible says. Now, let, before I read this, let me just ask, how many of you genuinely believe that the Bible is the word of God. Raise your hand if you believe it's God's word, right? Okay, so, so that's what I'm about to read to you is God's word, which reveals God's will. First Timothy chapter four, verse eight says, physical training is, some value, is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. We so often read that passage and we only consider the latter portion of that scripture. We skip right over the fact that God said we should value physical exercise. We should put it on a top shelf priority just like God does because he said it has value. God says we are to value fitness. But did you know, according to statistics, did you know that 50% of those over 55, now come on, I'm talking to my people right now. I'm in that category now, right, right? Did you know that 50% of those over 55 never exercise? Hey, folks, we've got to recognize this is God's temple that we have stewardship over, and we've got to keep it fit, and we can't do so without exercise, without moving. Proverbs 31, verse 17, that describes uh, that proverbial uh, noble woman says one of the things that makes her noble is she dresses herself with strengths and makes her arms strong. That girl's working out, y'all. She's keeping herself fit because she recognizes that stewardship before God. So I told you I'm in that 55 and over category. Now I turned 60 last year. I'm about to just a couple of days turn 61. And you know, uh, through the years, numbers have never bothered me. 30 didn't bother me. 40 didn't bother me. 50 didn't bother me. When I started getting close to 60, it bothered me. And man, it was just weighing on me. And I really couldn't explain why, but I was just kind of, I was just bummed out about the idea I'm about to step into my 60s, you know? And uh, we had the opportunity to bring in one of my heroes in the faith, Tommy Barnett, great pastor that's done just amazing things for God all over the world. And he was here a couple of years ago, right before I turned 60, he was here with us and I had the opportunity to just pick his brain. And, and I, I told him, I said, Pastor Tommy, uh, I'm about to turn 60. And Pastor Tommy's 83 years old. And man, listen, he's got more energy than most teenagers in this room. And, and I looked at him and I said, if you could go back, and say one thing to your 60-year-old self, what would you say to your 60-year-old self? And I mean, he didn't hesitate. He immediately had an answer. He looked at me and he said, I'll tell you what I'd tell him. I'd tell him to buckle up. And he said, here's why. He said, Jeff, did you know my most productive decade was my 60s? He said, you wanna know what my second most productive decade was? My 70s. He said, come on, God's got much more for you to do. And boy, it encouraged me. And I, I began to realize the reason why I was getting a little down is because I thought, you know, I had this preconceived idea that in your 60s, you're supposed to kind of hang up your hat and just hang around the house. But no, come on, God's got much more for us to do. Seniors, let's just keep ourselves in shape so we can do it 
to the glory of God. I love what Caleb said there in the Old Testament in Joshua chapter 14, verse 10 through verse 12. Caleb said, today I'm 85 years old and I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me this mountain. I'm looking for some seniors that are still gonna take some mountains with me. Come on. We're gonna keep ourselves strong. We're gonna keep ourselves fit so that we can take those mountains to the glory of God. Here's some decisions to make. You gotta eat right, you gotta exercise. Number three, you need to stop unhealthy practices. There are things that that we do, things that we embrace that are just not good for us. They work against our health. In 2 Corinthians chapter seven and verse one, The Bible said, because we have these promises God has given us, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body and spirit. So often when we think of defilement, we only think of those spiritual practices that would defile us. But come on, y'all. There's some things in the natural that we embrace that defile this temple, that break our body down. Now, it's gonna be different for, for different ones of us. It might be smoking or some other type of tobacco use. It could be alcohol use. It could be even recreational drug use. It may be overeating or eating the wrong things. But the question today is, are we gonna lay those unhealthy practices aside and put our health and well-being on a top shelf priority like God does? At the end of the day, God wants us free. And many of those things that we practice that are so unhealthy, we practice simply because they've become habits that we can't break. But I'm telling you today, whom the son has set free is free indeed. And God wants to help you break those habits. He wants to help you break those unhealthy habits. In fact, I wanna encourage you. We have a spiritual growth here that we always promote every semester. It's called Freedom. In 12 weeks, we're gonna take you through a study that will help you to lay those trappings of your old former life before you knew Jesus aside so you can fully embrace the freedom and health and well-being that God wants every one of us to know. You sign up for freedom this semester and watch what God will do to help you break those habits. Number four, the fourth decision, that resort that you're gonna take to get to the resort, to get to that place of healing and health and wholeness is rest. Now, We don't even think about that anymore. In the culture that we've made for ourselves, we're always on the go. We've made productivity the bottom line. And listen, God wants us productive, but he balances our productivity with rest. And it doesn't matter how productive you are. If you're not getting sufficient rest, you're not gonna be productive long. Don't make me come down there and amen myself. Listen, Exodus chapter 34 and verse 21 says six days. God said six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. Did you know that certain uh, studies, recent studies have revealed that proper rest actually leads to better memory, stronger immunity, clearer thinking, better weight control, lower risk of energy, less pain, a better sex life, overall better health is merited 
due to getting sufficient rest. Those are all things that I think all of us want as a part of our life, but will we put that on that top shelf priority where we get enough rest? Most of us need seven or eight hours a night in order to truly replenish our bodies so that, again, we're living with optimal health and strength and vitality. Mark chapter six, verse 31 says that uh, because so many people were coming and going, that Jesus and his disciples didn't even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to those disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Y'all said you thought the Bible's the word of God, didn't you? Didn't you say that? Here's the word of the Lord, get some rest. Can I just say this? If Jesus needed to rest, me and you sure need to rest. And we need to make sure, we need to ensure that we're getting a proper amount of rest, that we're, we, we've got a day of Sabbath where we unplug and we, we recreate and we just restore our, our bodies so that we can do all those things that God has called us to do. Let me give you one last consideration here. These are our decisions. These are the resorts that we're taking in order to arrive at a resort of wholeness, wellness, healing. We want to eat right. We want to exercise. We want to stop unhealthy practices. We want to give our bodies rest. And then number five, we need a primary physician and an annual checkup. Way back when, 15 years ago, my health journey began by selecting a doctor. And I had some friends advise me and I went to see an internist that I've grown to just love. And I see him at least once a year, sometimes more than that, but I see him at least once a year for my annual checkup. As I'm leaving his office, I set up the appointment for the next year to go back and see him again. And here's what uh, Dr. McCarron does for me. He keeps a check on all the vitals in my, in my physical well-being. He lets me know where all my levels are and anything that I need to give attention to. And he's done that now for all these years. And it's so important that we have someone like that speaking into our life. Far too many of us are trying to, you know, self-diagnose what, what we might be going through. And folks, listen, you don't have that kind of insight and education. Look, we need to find someone we can trust that can speak to those issues. Mark chapter two, verse 17 says the sick need a physician. And so we need someone in the practice that can keep an eye on those things. It's amazing to me that we, we, we definitely look at all the gauges on our car to make sure it's running in tip-top shape. We make sure that it's got plenty of coolant. We make sure that it's got plenty of air in the tires. We check that gauge, the oil gauge. We check all of that. Is your car really more important than your physical body? Take care of this vehicle. Put that same kind of care and concern into how you're looking out for your physical well-being. Now, what I'm gonna do right now as I wrap up, everybody say he's wrapping up is I'm gonna take a hard right. I'm gonna shift on you and take a hard right. And I wanted to warn you about it. I didn't want you to get a crick in your neck. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna wrap up by kind of taking everything that we've just shared and just moving it towards one last consideration, a little bit different from what we've already been talking about. And that is this, God desires that we keep our body, our body fit, but he also desires that we keep his body fit. You understand when we talk about his body, when we talk about the body of Christ, he's talking about us in togetherness and in unity. And God wants us keeping his body fit. First uh, Corinthians 12 verse 12 says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is 
with the body of Christ. Together, we make up the body of Christ. And just like God wants us to prioritize the fitness and wholeness and wellness of our individual bodies, he also wants us to prioritize the fitness, the wholeness, the wellness and soundness of his body that we're a part of. You see, the greatest risk to our health is when our body begins to fight itself. You know, that's what cancer is, don't you? That's rogue cells in your own body fighting your body, fighting your own body's well-being. That's what cancer is. And I'm afraid there's, there's cancer even in the body of Christ today because we're fighting ourselves. We're warring against one another. Racism is a cancer. And here as we celebrate uh, the greatest civil rights leader of all time, other than Jesus himself, I want to remind us that we can't allow those kind of things to be a part of our life. Why? Because we're breaking down the body of Christ when, we war, when we're at war with one another, when we're fighting one another. Now, here's the beautiful thing. We can take the same t- steps towards health in the body of Christ that we take to make our own body healthy. For instance, I talked about eating right. We can nourish one another by what we say to one another, how we encourage one another, right? We can bring nourishment to each other with the words that we speak. Come on, families, I'm talking to you. I'm talking about how you encourage one another and lift one another up instead of tearing one another down. Church family, I'm talking to you today about nourishing the body of Christ. We can exercise by serving one another. We can see to it that the body of Christ gets the exercise that it needs. We can actually uh, cut out all the unhealthy practices like gossip, come on, and malice and, and the way we treat each other in such poor ways. Listen, we can cut all that out and we can give one another rest. How do we do that? By refusing to make each other jump through all the hoops that I need in order to give you my approval. Come on, can't we just love each other and encourage one another and stand with one another and and bring the best out of one another. We can educate ourselves as to how we can make the body of Christ more healthy. Listen, Mark chapter three, verse 25, Jesus said this. He said, if a house is divided against itself, that house will not stand. We need to be concerned today about our health, our well-being. We need to make it that top shelf priority, but we also need to concern ourselves with the health of the body of Christ. And we need to reach out to one another, embrace one another, and find strength in one another so the body of Christ can be strong. Amen. Well, I sure hope that the message really resonated with you today. Perhaps you're someone who's never really made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to God. If you're someone who can't really say you're living for God, if the truth is you're just living for you, if you're someone who has no real assurance about what awaits you when this life is over, listen, God loves you today. He's made provision for you to be saved and forgiven of all of your sins. You can be made right with God. He wants to give you a brand new life here and now and an eternal life when this life is over. And here's what he says in Romans chapter 10. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He is simply waiting on you to call on him and make him Lord of your life. Why don't we do that right now by praying a very simple prayer together? Just pray this prayer 
Let these words come right from your heart. God's going to hear that prayer. He's going to forgive your sins. He's going to make you right with himself. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again through faith in Jesus. I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin and change my life. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward, I don't live for me anymore or the world around me. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And God, I thank you right now. Even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, hey, we want to know about it. Would you just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number that we've provided so that we can connect with you and give you some next steps. God bless you today, and thanks so much for joining us.